Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm Brad Alexander, your host and resident beggar that figured out where there's bread. And I want others to know where I found it. The bread of life, Messiah Yeshua. This episode, figure it out. Such a cool song by Royal Blood. They're an English duo with Matt Kerr and Ben Thatcher. No relation to Margaret, as far as I know, anyway. But they're they're a fun and creative band. Um, and you check them out. Their videos really are spectacular. You watch um, the Figure It Out video, and they use, throughout the video, red and blue filters, and they alternate them. And when they switch from one color to the next, it reveals different parts of the story. And also, um, Out of the Black, that's another one, and that is just some crazy fun mayhem in that video. But check them out. Fun band, got some edge to them, a little bit of a Foo Fighters feel to them. Yeah, give them a listen. At any rate, enough about the music. Let's get on with the message. Figure it out. I love seeing how throughout Scripture, Adonai has woven everything together with the crimson cord of Messiah Yeshua. From the very beginning, it has always been about Him, and it has always been about our relationship with Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God. The biblical feasts, or feasts of the Lord, those are, are favorites of mine because they all of them have historical meaning, they have present-day application, and future relevance, and again, all of them point to Messiah Yeshua. For example... Passover. Just a quick nutshelling here. The historical meaning, we're reminded of how Adonai protected his people in Egypt. The Passover lamb was slain. Its blood applied to the doorframe of the houses of God's people. Death passed over them, and then they were subsequently set free from bondage and slavery in Egypt. Present-day application. Messiah, Yeshua, is the Passover Lamb of God. John the Baptist declared him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Apostle Paul calls him our Passover. The Lamb of God, Yeshua, has been slain. His blood spread on that wooden frame of the crucifix. And those who, by faith, apply that blood to the doorframe of their hearts, trusting in Yeshua, as the sacrifice to be reconciled to the Father, death passes over and we walk in new life because the Lamb who was slain was raised to new life. After three days and nights in the grave, God raised him from the dead. And now we too can walk in new life, the old life, death, passing over us. And we are set free from the bondage of and slavery to sin in him because of the Passover Lamb of God. The future significance, I believe, comes at judgment. When again, those who have put their faith and trust in Messiah have surrendered their lives to him. And, and again, having that the blood of that sacrifice on the doorposts and lentil, the doorframe of our hearts, reconciled to that right relationship with the Father through the Lamb of God, that at the time of judgment, the second death, eternal death that is discussed in Revelation, will pass over us. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Praise and glory to His name. God is so good. He has done the work for us. 
and there's so much more to Passover and all of the feasts. Uh, for more on Passover, if you want to check out the Creeping Death episode of this podcast, do that. It digs much deeper into it. I just wanted to give a quick nutshell so we could see the past, present, and future relevance to this one particular feast, but it applies to all seven of the biblical feasts that you find in Leviticus 23. And again, it's past, present, and future relevance, and all point to Yeshua. So check check into those some more. Now, sometimes as I dig in and I look at I look at Scripture, and particularly looking at some of these the feasts, there are things to me that that I don't quite grasp the connection. And so I dig deeper. I try and study and figure figure these things out. And, uh, it, it, you know, if they don't fully reconcile with what occurred in Messiah's life, it, it, or how I see it, anyway, it, it piques my interest. So I do. I want to dig deeper. I want to figure it out. And the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is one of those feasts, one of those days of the Lord, Yom Kippur. And it's this awe-inspiring day. It takes place on the 10th day of the 7th month on the Hebrew calendar, typically September-October time frame on the Gregorian calendar. And it was the one day of the year that the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies on behalf of the children of Israel. We read a lot about this day in Leviticus chapter 16. First thing, the, the high priest offers a sacrifice for his own sins. There's a bull. Sacrifices for his own sins. Then he takes two goats. Now we read in verses 7 and 8 of Leviticus 16. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before Adonai at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Aaron will then cast lots for the two goats. One lot for Adonai. The other lot for the scapegoat. So... There are these two goats, one for Adonai, and the other is the scapegoat. We continue in verse 9. Aaron is to present the goat on which the lot for Adonai fell and make it a sin offering. But the goat upon which the lot for the scapegoat fell is to be presented alive before Adonai to make atonement upon it by sending it away as the scapegoat into the wilderness. So he takes the one goat offers it as a sin offering for the people of Israel. Behind the curtain in the most holy place, he sprinkles the blood of it on the atonement cover of the Ark of the Covenant. In verse 21, it says, Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of Benai Yisrael, the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, all their sins. He should place them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of the man of, who is in readiness. The goat will carry all their iniquity by itself into a solitary land, and he is to leave the goat in the wilderness. Now, I just want to bring one point out that there are people who believe that Yeshua did not, was not the atoning sacrifice for sin. Because they say, since he is the Passover lamb, he was sacrificed at the time of Passover. That wasn't that wasn't a sin sacrifice. That was not an atoning sacrifice. The the Passover lamb. So, because of that, he isn't the atoning sacrifice. Well, there's a lot of problems with that 
and they're all scriptural problems. First John 2, 2 says that Yeshua is our atoning sacrifice. Boom. Okay, and then, you, yeah, I mean, you read in Hebrews 9 and 10, he is clearly the sin offering. And, and Hebrews 9 and 10 attach right with the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And also read Isaiah 52 through 54. Okay, yes, he is the Passover Lamb of God. That is truth. A truth is not all truth. And what I mean by that is, yes, he is the Passover Lamb of God, but does him being the Passover Lamb of God then nullify him from, say, being the Good Shepherd? Because he called himself the Good Shepherd. Well, how can he be the Shepherd if he's the Lamb? Because he fulfills all these roles. The scripture says he is all in all, okay? So yes, he can be the Passover and be the atoning sacrifice. He is, and it's it's spelled out in again in Hebrews. It talks all about it. He is, he fulfills all these roles. That's the awesome thing about Messiah Yeshua. And as you study it out, you connect the dots, and God is just amazing because he doesn't miss a detail. So in the past, thinking of of the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, I just kind of accepted that Jesus filled the role of both goats. He was sacrificed for our sins, and he takes our sins away. 1 John 2, 2, again, says Yeshua is our atoning sacrifice. He is the sacrifice for our sin. But what's up with the other goat? See, I don't think that this other goat is a picture or representative of Yeshua, as I have thought in the past. The one that gets set into the wilderness, the one upon whom the sins of the people are spoken, I think I have figured it out. And I'm going to ask you to bear with me as I theorize this. And please listen to what I have to say, but then study it out. Study to show yourself approved. This second goat, the scapegoat, was not offered to Adonai. And in fact, the Hebrew word for scapegoat is Azazel. This this goat carried those sins. The sins were spoken over it. They were laid on its head, and it took them, and it kept them. They stayed on that goat. There's, There's tradition... Hebrew tradition that says that that goat was sent to a place where it was out out in the wilderness again, out in the desert, but then it would be forced off of a cliff, which is kind of reminiscent of a herd of pigs in whom Yeshua sent a legion of demons. They went and jumped off a cliff. The name Azazel is found in the book of Enoch, which I know is not canonized scripture. There are a lot of people who believe it should be. It's not. And so I'm not going to quote it as such, okay? But it does not contradict anything from scripture. And it seems, what I know of it, seems to fill in some gaps as well. And also, just for the record, Jude, canonized scripture did quote from the book of Enoch in Jude 14. Behold, the Lord came with myriads of his Kedoshim saints. The Lord came with tens of thousands of his saints or holy ones, as 
some translations say. So Azazel, in the book of, De- of Enoch, is a demon. Azazel. In Jewish tradition, Azazel is a goat demon that tormented Israel while they were in the wilderness, and it is said to have done so, tormenting them when the people desired but were unable to offer sacrifices. Keep that in mind. Now, Yeshua said in Matthew 12 that when an evil spirit is cast out of a man, it passes through the waterless place looking for rest. Waterless place, the arid place. Sounds like the wilderness to me, as in the type of wilderness God's children wandered through, a.k.a. a desert. So where was the Azazel goat sent? To the wilderness. Into the desert sent away from the people with the sin on it, and it was released and sent away from the people, never to be heard from again. I want us to consider a couple of things here. First, during Yeshua's time on earth, Yeshua would be sacrificed. He represents the sin offering of Yom Kippur, the atoning sacrifice. Yeshua the Son of God, the Son of the Heavenly Father, offered as the sin offering the Day of Atonement. But what about the scapegoat? What of the Azazel? If you remember in Matthew chapter 27 and Luke 23, we read that there was a custom at Passover that one person be set free, be released. Pilate tried to get the people to release Yeshua, the son of the Heavenly Father, because he found no guilt in him. But whom did the people insist he release? A man who was a notorious criminal. A man who was in prison for rebellion and murder. His name? Barabbas. Or Barabba. Translated as Son of the Father. And he was released and sent out and never heard from again. The conviction of sin had been spoken over him. He was serving time in prison for rebellion and murder. And I believe the Azazel goat from the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is a picture of Barabbas as he was released with sin on him. He was sent out. See, God doesn't miss a detail. And I'm going to take this one step further because I believe, again, all of the Lord's days have historical relevance, present day application, and future significance. And again, they all point to Yeshua. So I believe Yom Kippur, as far as future significance goes, I believe it is a picture of the day of judgment. Now, We know from Hebrews 9 that while those bulls and goats had to be offered every year, that's a reference to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Hebrews 9. Those goats had to be offered every year. Messiah Yeshua was offered one time for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And let's pause and give a hallelujah right here for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Messiah Yeshua, eternal redemption in him. Salvation is by grace through faith in Messiah Jesus. 
those who have repented and accepted him as the sin offering, the atonement offering to Adonai, those who have accepted that offering and surrendered to him, enter eternal Sabbath rest. But what of that Azazel on the day of judgment? Yeshua said in Matthew 25 that the eternal fire was created for Satan and his angels, the demon Azazel being one of them. That eternal fire sounds like a waterless place to me where one finds no rest for eternity. In Revelation 20.10 we read, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are too, and they shall be tortured day and night forever and ever. Listen, if the scapegoat Azazel was an offering to Adonai, I would never suggest any of this because we know what was required of those uh, of those offerings but this this goat is forever cursed this goat carries that sin to the arid waterless place into the wilderness and yes perhaps even forced over a cliff even as those pigs in whom yeshua cast the demons went over the cliff and and i believe yes that This goat is a picture of Barabbas at the time Yeshua was tried and was falsely convicted and sacrificed, crucified. And yes, that, that, that Azazel goat is a picture of Barabbas sent out with the sin not to return. And the actual demon Azazel, the demon covered in sin that tormented the people at a time when they could offer no sacrifice for sin in the wilderness, cast into the eternal waterless place at judgment. Even as if over a cliff into that eternal waterless place. God does not miss a detail. He has intricately woven together this tapestry of his word, and it is held together by that crimson cord of Messiah Yeshua. Please, dig in, study to show yourself approved of God, and figure it out. I have been theorizing on this, and I believe this to be accurate. But most important, Listen, if you have found the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, please, if you have figured that out, that is what is most important, and let other beggars know where they can find that bread, that they too can be satisfied for eternity. Now go out and give them heaven.